Chef Boyardee is Poe's mentor. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, it was always going to be Leia. Could have been Baby Yoda. <laughs> wow, what a huge oversight. There's just a hole in the Death Star. Like, what the heck? You know, just like board that up or something, you know? Then jumped onto Wikipedia and was like, oh, there it is. I refused to get on the Wook, um, as, as Jared lovingly refers to it. You're listening to the Star Wars Archives, a Utini.com Patreon-exclusive podcast. Your regular deep dive down the rabbit hole of the Star Wars universe. Discussion, analysis, Easter eggs, and obscure books you've never heard of. And now, here are your hosts, Jose and Trevor. Star Wars, you and your children loved it. Now the Earthlings at Kenner have asked my associate and me to present the Star Wars collection. Truly remarkable toys and games for your children. What are you so excited about now? My goodness, the Star Wars TIE Fighter and X-Wing Fighter. Now your children can relive our great space battles or collect our wonderful Star Wars companions with Kenner's Star Wars action figures. R2, it's a little new. Kenner's new radio-controlled R2-D2 anyone can command. Ah, the Star Wars land moves like it's floating. And here's Kenner's Death Star space station, four floors of action, a trash compactor too. Just not who. That's the Star Wars electronic laser battle, a game of speed, reflex, and reaction. These and other toys and the Star Wars collection are sold separately. Batteries are not included. May the force be with you and your children. Hello there, kids. Today you have tuned into episode 18 of the Star Wars Archives, a Utini Network podcast where we take a random Star Wars topic and explain the living Bantha Puru out of it. I am Jose, aka Joxie in the Utiniverse. I have watched all Star Wars canon movies and TV shows. I have read 41 Star Wars books and I own 15 of them and I should update this at some point because I'm tired of saying the same thing over and over again week after week. So what you're saying is you don't read enough Star Wars books. I am still reading Greater Good. Um, yeah, me too, man. So me too. <laughs> I'm kind of like stuck there <laughs> and I'm struggling. And that's why that number hasn't changed in a while. But I should finish that so I can get on with the next one. <laughs> and I'm Trev, keeper of a timeline page over at utini.com. I've spent my entire life consuming Star Wars media and own over 1,000 Star Wars books and comics. For all the good that's going to do me for today's episode. <laughs> but for, for anyone joining us for the first time, this is a largely unscripted show where once we've decided on each episode's topic, Jose will do whatever research he needs, while I'll do as little research as possible. In this case, relying purely on childhood memory. And we could talk about anything Star Wars, Legends, Canon, books, TVs, video games. And we're going to talk about none of those today. So hopefully we'll keep you entertained and informed over the next hour. <laughs> I mean, we might hit some of those things, but... Oh, no, we, we are. We'll we see. Are. I'm, I'm still me. I'm still me. <laughs> well, today's episode, today we're going to be talking about toys. And I think that is why Trev is so uh, unsure about how, what we're going to actually be able to hit. Because <laughs> we just have to rely on toys to somehow then tangent back into the overall timeline of uh, and connections to all the other stuff that he actually knows about. 
And but today's topic was actually, and the reason why we're so unsure about it is because it was suggested by our very special guest today. Um, so Frank, why don't you tell us who you are in Utini and what you do, and why you chose this topic that we're so unsure about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think I've ever been referred to as a, a, a special guest. Um, well, you are but, today. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor, uh, Jose, thanks very much for, um, for, for inviting me on. This is, this is my, I suppose, my Utini podcast debut, so to speak. <laughs> Those drunken Christmas parties that we, that we had, um, they don't count. Yeah, they don't they count. count. They do not count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Frank. I'm part of the, uh, the, the database team. As you probably tell from my accent, I'm from Ireland. I'm from Dublin. I work very closely uh, with Trevor. Uh, we do we do all this, I suppose. Well, not just so solely. I, I don't think there's a member of the Utini team who doesn't do any kind of database work. That's <laughs> kind of my uh, uh, role. Um, I look after sort of the release schedule page, try and keep that up up to date as much as possible. Uh, when I don't, the kind, the great uh, members of Utini. Um, <laughs> Uh, let me know <laughs> very kindly do and also the great family there um on um on the utini family there in discord uh sometimes there's some great shouts there if uh if there's any release dates that, that, that i haven't actually kept up to date the topic that i decided to go for today is <clears throat> star wars toys in particular star wars the vintage kenner toys way back in 1977 and i suppose up up until return the jury that that kind of era there um i suppose i picked that topic i because um trevor trevor and jose they uh they asked me to come on the on the show but they asked me to come up with a topic so i was trying to rack my brain to try and think of a topic okay, like what can i um how can i give jose and trevor a run for our money now at the moment <laughs> because forget about the books I'm not even <laughs> so gonna go that was our books. purpose <laughs> <laughs> no. Because, yeah, yeah, so, um, but then I kind of think, no, look, I'm, I'm coming at this the wrong wrong angle completely. Um, I I just won't be able to uh, give these guys a run for their money. So, yeah, I just talk toys, Star Wars toys. I know a lot about Star Wars toys. It brings back me- so many fond memories for being a kid. So I threw it out there. I think, Trevor, I don't know if you were a bit, were you a bit skeptical at the start for you? <laughs> But anyway. Well, it, because our niche is a deep dive into the obscure books and comics of the EU, so t- toys is a bit—it's a bit of a stretch. But we have a lot of nostalgia to share, and I've got my notes. I'm—I'm I'm not slacking on this. Uh, I, I can make this. I can—I can make this a thing. Yeah, I mean, and the whole history of it is super interesting too. I mean, there's—you know—there's a uh, loads of uh, documentaries out there talking about, uh, you know how they came to be and and it's uh you know if if anyone hasn't watched them they should definitely go out there's uh, there's that one series on netflix uh the toys that made us and that that's a really good episode that kind of just like starts you know describes how it all started we will talk about that today a little bit so listen to us first and then you can see what everyone else is talking about but it's yeah definitely super interesting to see how it all got like started really yeah absolutely yeah 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 like that show is very good um yeah so um anyone who's watched the show i think that they probably find um a lot of things will pop up here that they're probably familiar with all right yeah 
But yeah, I mean, why don't we just get started by like talking about our earliest memories of, I mean, I don't have many, so I mean, we'll save myself for last. So Frank, what was your first Star Wars toy? Like what's your first earliest memory of a Star Wars toy? I think my uh, my my earliest memory is um, being being shipped off to my auntie and uncle, myself and my sister, when my mom and my dad were going over to England. And of course, whenever your folks went away, that meant they came back with a present, you know. Mm-hmm. So they asked me what do they want. So this must have been very very early. So I'm guessing I I would have said seventy seven. But until I'd done a bit of research, it would have been impossible 77 because the toys <laughs> didn't come out until 78. Right, right. Um, so this would have been at least, I say, 78, 79. So I says, Star Wars and I say, Star Wars toy. And strange enough, uh, my memory is, I said, has to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. You have to get oh. me something with Obi-Wan Kenobi, which is strange now. So I'm thinking for uh, like, that was the sort of character that I saw wanted. So. They came back. They didn't get me Obi Wan Kenobi figure, but they got they actually got me an Obi Wan Kenobi pencil case. But what oh. they got me was they, <laughs> which I loved. Now in fairness, but they got me the um, the the three and three quarter inch C three PO and R two D two. Well, okay, the R two D two was a bit smaller. And I think <laughs> I got the Luke Skywalker. But the, the the memory that really sticks to me the most is that when he opened up the C three PO figure, the limbs didn't move, so the arms and legs didn't move. Really, and me as a six, seven-year-old kid at the time thought, well, he's a droid. He, his arms and limbs don't really move in the film. He kind of <laughs> shuffles around. So I thought, oh, this is the way the toy's supposed to be. <laughs> so for years, I thought, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I thought, well, it's not really great. He doesn't move around like the other figures that I got them afterwards. Um, and then it was only later on down. I think his arms started moving like this. And I remember making it, yelling to my mom, saying, see, Trippio's arm is moving, his arm is moving. <laughs> and my mom was probably in the room going, yes, that's great, Stone's going, what the hell is c He's like, you've got a whole new toy there. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, that's that, that's probably my, my my yeah, so it's my first fondest memory of, of yeah, Star that's Wars. That's brilliant. I mean, it kind of makes sense because, I mean, the Obviously, as a child, is you kind of justify it, right? Like you make it make sense. But three PO, you know, he's a lot more stiff when he walks around in the movies, right? So the toys themselves being a little bit more stiff and how they're articulated, you have to take it a step back for three PO to be even more constrict- restricted than the other toys. So it makes sense that he wouldn't move at all. So yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I follow your logic I'm, there. I, it, I'm not sure if that's what the Kenner engineers <laughs> were thinking, but I'm sure they, it works. You know, when you're only when you're less than ten, it makes total sense. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> what about you, Trev? What's uh? Do you have a your, your first toy? When? How old were you? What was it? And uh, or what do you so, remember? So in keeping with, I've told the story before how I don't remember seeing any of the movies for the first time. Star Wars has just always been there. Yeah. I don't remember my first toy. Yeah. I Star Wars toys were always part of my childhood. I I can't remember getting my first figure because I was born in 76. So by the time I was old enough to, you know, when Return of the Jedi came out, I would have been seven. So I'm establishing memories, but you can't really fit them all together. But I am going to tell what I hope will be a particularly charming story. One thing my parents did for me when I was a kid, and I've literally just Googled, the year that 
the finale of a story came out, which was 82. They sent me on a Star Wars treasure hunt around my own house. So it started with one figure and there was a little clue pointing me to the next one. And it took me around and I got a bunch of Star Wars toys and it ended in the Star Wars Rebel Transport from Ooh. Empire Strikes Back. You know, the one that they're shooting off while they're firing the ion cannons, which also doubles as somewhere to keep all your figures once you take the lid off. That was the finale of that, that birthday. So last month it was my nephew's birthday and his one thing was to spend a Star Wars day at my house. And I tried to recreate that for him. So we had a treasure hunt around the house of him picking up all of his little Star Wars things. He was he was uh, 11, so older than I was when we did this. But that was literally a shining moment in my entire Star Wars geek nerd life. Being <laughs> able to recreate a moment from my yeah. childhood for him. But honestly, I can't remember my first toy. I remember many things with the toys. I remember it snowed really heavily one year. So I got to use my scout walker outside and snow speeder. Yeah. I never had an attack. I, I, I was never that lucky. I didn't have the attack toy. Um, so yeah, I don't remember my first toy. I remember talking with kids in school. Which figures have you got? If you put a list in front of me, I could tell you every single figure I ever had as a kid. Absolutely, without a doubt. And it would be 100% correct. <laughs> But I couldn't tell you my first memory because it's just always been there. Yeah. Which explains a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, that's definitely... Come on, I mean, Jose, your turn. Was that? Your turn. When was your first toy? Well, um, yeah, I'm a little younger than both of you. So, uh, not but... Not, <laughs> I was born in 84. Um, but, I mean, similarly to you, Trev, Star Wars has always sort of been around my life to you know to some degree so i don't i don't remember i don't i don't even know if i had actually like star wars toys growing up i may have but i don't know like i know that i you know i had seen the movies like my parents would play it i remember i do remember when they bought the vhs box set in the 90s so like that i i, I do remember that and you know because at that point i was closer to 10 so that's when you kind of really remember like have memories right um but um 10 in the 90s um yeah because i don't i don't i don't know when those when that box that came out but anyways i you know i know growing up i had like he-man action figures i had thundercats i you know so i had some of those other 80s like cartoons and and toys from that era but i don't know if i had star wars toys however um if i have to think of like right now what my first uh, Star Wars toy was, I would say it was just a handful of years ago when I went to Disneyland and I went to the little droid factory and I put together a little C-3PO. So I'm a little, <laughs> you know, in a way I'm a little bit like Frank. So my first action figure, like Star Wars action figure was also a droid. It was also a 3PO. So, you know, so we got some, some like, you know, common ground there, right? <laughs> uh, I did, <laughs> I did go for force awakens c3po so i gave him the red arm so there was there was that which which we've talked about in previous episodes about the whole story about the red arm and the lego video games and the comic book but we're not here for that today no no and so yes i mean that's the only one that i can think of i i've you know since then i have you know a few like lego figurines and i I like collecting the the minifigs because they don't take a lot of space and they're just kind of like fun to have. 
Um, and of course, I'm still waiting for my Jackson action figure now. So, I mean, that's that takes, you know, it's something from 1977. So there's some something there. But yeah. Well, that's a good point. So Jackson was the last Star Wars toy you bought. Frank, what was the last Star Wars <laughs> toy you bought as a grown adult? <laughs> <laughs> Black series, yeah, I, I've I've gone down that that breaded uh, rabbit hole of um, the black series. <laughs> that there's just no end ending to it. So yeah, I it was um, the Bo Katana figure. I um, yeah, I was nice. I, I was I was actually at a stage. Look, yeah, I have to have to stop. I'm buying too many, and then I was at the toy store, <laughs> toy store with the kids, and I looked. And I said, oh, this looks so good. <laughs> So, it's so yeah. bad because they look they are so good and it's just like oh. they put it's insane yeah. those that ultra hyper realism that they've got going now is is nuts we had like lightsabers that slid <laughs> out of the arms that's what we dealt with well and on that note i mean let's let's just get, go back well actually trev what about you let's not go back yet do you have a what's your most recent toy so, so the last one I bought was, it was in preparation for our Shadows of the Empire episode. I don't buy toys. I'm, yeah. I have enough space taken up by books. That's my thing. But anyway, I looked on eBay and I saw the snoob of a bounty hunter that I showed off. That's right. In the last That's right. That's the last toy I bought. I don't buy many toys, but that is the last one I bought. So again, within the last month, I bought a Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And I think um, we have also asked our other Utini members to send us some memory of uh, of their earliest toys and all that. And so we might be playing some of those throughout the episode. So why don't we just go ahead and uh, start us out with, I think we got one message from Jared, right? That'll be it. Yep. All right. Let's play. Let's go ahead and play that now. What's up, Star Wars Archives? Jared Mays here, host of Legends Look Back. I'm so excited to get to answer the question about my first Star Wars toy. It's hard to know for sure. I got to see Star Wars in 97 for the special editions. And so I think we went straight from the theater to Walmart so that I could get my first Star Wars toy. I'm pretty sure that it was Power of the Force Boba Fett. This is specifically the Return of the Jedi Boba Fett who has the Wookiee braid <laughs> that hangs over his shoulder. And as soon as I got the toy, I pretty well lost it. I don't remember exactly when I lost this toy, but at some point I remember having a massive breakdown. I've lost Boba Fett. And thank you to my dad who said, you know what, let's just go get you another Boba Fett. So pretty soon I had a replacement Boba Fett only to discover after a couple of weeks that I was able to find the original Boba Fett, which left me with exactly two Power of the Force Boba's Fett. And they are still loved and played with to this day. Now by the next generation, that is, my little girls, they do a lot of riding around in Luke's land speeder with, like, clone troopers or Asajj Ventress. You know how it is. Anyway, guys, can't wait to hear the show. May the Force be with you. Jared, lovely memory, but we're talking about 77, not 95. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know you're younger than us, <laughs> but let's take it back. But to be fair, we were just talking about our latest one. So we, we did just yes, skip we to, yes, to we things were. very yes, recent. We However, you know, <laughs> appropriate to Jared and him, his Legends Look Back being mostly set in the 90s, he went with something from the 90s. But yes, let's, yes. let's just go back and uh, perfect. let's talk a little bit about the history of this Kenner Toys. Frank, uh, since this is your topic, and I know you did a ton of research, 
why don't you, uh, how did this even start? Like, wh or what do you know? And then we'll just sort of like jump in with questions or yeah, or comments and we'll go off on tangents or I mean, hopefully, hopefully Trev will have some tangents to go off on that can reference some other books or something as well. I suppose the story that I saw found really fascinating about this, I suppose, was, again, I'll probably hinting at that later. Um, I always just had this memory that the Star Wars toys were, was available when the films came out, which wasn't true actually at all. I suppose when George Lucas, when he was, when he was, his kid was upon tying around with the idea of... Uh, <laughs> no, that's perfect! <laughs> of, you know, let's say, okay, right, and we need to get toys for the, let's say, for these, you know, for the films and the approaching the different um, toy companies that they were knocked down by sort of the major toy companies at the time. And then... Kenner. Well, and, and let me, yeah, I mean, and the yeah. reason they were turned down too was because George Lucas was so paranoid that he wanted to keep everything so secret. So he didn't reach out to these companies up until six months before the release date of the movie. Yeah. Um, and back then it would take two years. Like that was an average of like two years in order to get a whole like toy line produced because you have to go back and forth. Um just, uh, you know, like with the prototyping and getting approvals and all that. So six months is not enough time. So, I mean, that's also, yeah, like... What... But also, remember, one thing to bear in mind here is that no one thought this movie was going to be a success. <laughs> yeah, there's that You're too. selling merchandising rights to a flop. <laughs> that's essentially what they were doing. Yeah. You know, until... It wasn't until... Even in the draft cuts, in the, the preview showings with Spielberg and coppola and stuff and they're cutting all those world war ii uh movies into the fight scenes because ilm was running so far behind nobody knew what they were buying into yeah so why not give away the merchandising rights to a complete turkey yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah and even as well let's say like like the the shelf life of a film is only going to be like it's only going to be there for a couple of months so why would a toy company go okay i'm going to buy the rights to, to produce right. toys and by the time we get on the shelves, that film's going to be gone like over a year or so, you know? So, yeah, you could understand why the big companies didn't go near. No, of course not. But then then they go to Kenner. And I know that was like a, that was a smaller company, not not California-based, not in any of the bigger sort of cities in the U.S., just some s small Midwest company. And they took it? Because I guess, I mean, I don't know if they were just, I, I think that they, what's the story? It's like, it's that there was someone in there who really just, he, I think he knew of George Lucas, right? And I think that he, he had been following George Lucas's career and I think he was just really excited or he, not, I think he was just really excited to get the opportunity to do this. So then they just had to like convince, I guess, the, the president or CEO to just do this in six months. And and it became a it became an easy win for them. They're like, if if we do this, great. If we if we if we do it and it fails, we haven't lost much. So let's take the gamble. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it's like back then you had uh, well, not that I can remember that far back. Like I know I am the oldest member of the Uzini team <laughs> and all that. But let's say the main toys would have been, I suppose, they would have been twelve inch, um, sort of roughly size. So you had like your, um, your GI Joes. And that's what everyone had. Yeah, G.I. Joe's yeah. action men and Barbie. massive tanks. Yeah. And... It was even um, $6 million man was, was, was 
Yeah, yeah that, that was before that was before Star Wars, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. So they were. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they were twelve inch. What would I be saying around that? Or, or let's say. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah I, twelve. I yeah. Playing with them. Yeah, because you had too, yeah. you had Barbies and Kens and and your GI Joes and all those. Yeah, they were about twelve inches yeah. tall. When they did actually get it right, and uh, I think you know when they were sort of brought on setting at the start, getting look at the blueprints and all that. I think one of the one of the things that they were sort of um, dilemma over was okay was the spaceships and go well if you go with the twelve inch like the spaceships are going to be absolutely huge right so, you know get to get, get, I to get the Falcon would have been the size of my living room. <laughs> which would have been absolutely awesome. would have been cool though <laughs> they wouldn't have sold many of them <laughs> but I think the story that I thought was was I uh, which. I found really, really endearing is how they came up with the size, the three and three quarters. Now, oh yeah. I can't think of the name of the um, of the hair person that can at the time, but they were sitting around the, the room discussing, okay, like how big is the toy going to be? And he just goes, oh, okay, it's going to be, and then he just paused and he went like this and he got his thumb and his, his pointy finger, pointy finger. That's a, that's your pointy finger, yeah. And the index goes, finger, some people call yeah, it, but okay. pointy is good enough. Yeah. And he <laughs> says it's going to be that size. And he went, okay, hang on. And then someone got the measuring well, ruler and measured it, and he goes, that's three and three quarters. And he goes, that's it. It's going to be three and three quarters. And I love that story now because if if you think about it, if some toy manufacturer was trying to make that that decision now, they'd be getting all this data analytics from all right, over the place right. trying to find okay what do you get what like what's going to be the optimal size of a, yeah. of a toy of a figure for a child to, to actually play with and no it was just off the cuff it's going to be this size it's like um it's kind of a different to what's out there at the moment you know yeah. and i i just love that story i think that story it's... is really really um, so it's, so just for reference, I've grabbed my last action figure, Snoove of a Bounty Hunter, uh-huh. off the shelf. And let's compare this to my finger. Uh, you guys can see this, listeners won't. It's not a million miles away. If you go down top of finger to base. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not not it's not the size it of the index on. finger. It's its size in between stretching out your, your like, going like this. So going... Putting your your thumb out and your no, index finger. No, no. So he goes no, like this. Surely not, because that's that's an inch short. Oh, you mean yeah, yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Like he just that, went. Yeah. yeah, he just. Yeah, exactly. So it's a space in between putting out your index finger and your thumb. Oh yeah, but anyone can make that space short. Well, yeah. So, but he just went like, let's just do it this either, size. Either way, it fits. And then they it measure. Does fit. Yeah. And I mean, so no, I I also do love that story, Frank, and I also um. But I, I, I've heard that this guy is, he's, he was just a really smart guy. He knew toys. He, so, yeah, nowadays, definitely, they would go through so many, like, uh, probably months, right, of research and analytics, like you said. But this guy just had that, maybe that intuition of what would work. Because uh, I've heard interviews with some of the people that worked with him. And they do describe him as someone who just, he was really smart. He's just like, it just, he was a really big guy, but he just knew yeah. things. Yeah. And he would, um, I think he, he would describe toys as having a quality, and he would describe it as toyetic. So if things had that's, a toyetic word, yeah. quality, yeah. then it was good, right? And, and Star Wars, when they, they read the script and they saw all the potential it had, I mean, Star Wars was toyetic 
So that's when they see that and they're like, yeah, I mean, we have, yeah, definitely let's take this gamble. We don't have a lot of time because it's just six months, but maybe we can do something else. And what they first did is that they have all these other products and they, you know, the, the movies, the movie comes out, it's a huge success. They need to put something on the shelves. They don't have enough time to make the action figures yet because they're, you know, they're still working that out, but they have all these other toys and things that kids use and so what they did is that they um they did what they call label slapping where which is that when you can take an existing product put new stickers on it change the box and then sell it as a completely new product so like if you have like an easy bake oven and then you put star wars on it now it's like a easy bake oven for i don't know wookie cakes or something like that right (laughs) so now it's a star wars like product so that's what they did first. They just went with like board games and things like that that were a lot easier to produce, much easier to manufacture, and get out on the on the shelves and the and the toy stores before they even released or like yeah like coloring books before they even released the first action figure. I th- I think Lucas clamped down on that pretty quickly though. What like the initial rush was nuts, but once yeah. he realized what he had, and he had a you know he had a paycheck coming. He's been so strict about the licensing laws <laughs> ever since. Well, I say ever since. There's been some ropey stuff <laughs> over the years, especially when it's getting to the prequels, but we're not here to talk yeah. about that. Uh, it's a, Once the, the Kenner stuff was out, that's when you got to the, the fact, like you said, there weren't enough, there wasn't enough time to get the no. stuff out there. So what do they do? They sold a certificate. Here's what you're going to get once we actually make them. Yeah. The fact that the demand is even there for that is insane. Well, yeah, because it well, it was everyone was crazy about the movie. Christmas time was coming and they I mean, ideally you want to reduce you want to um yeah, they had nothing. You want to hit that Christmas market, right? So it, it was also the the main guy who also thought it's like, "Well, why don't we do this? Let's just sell this certificate." And we just promise that that the kids will get toys in a couple of months. But it's kind of insane, but it's also kind of genius because then you're really <laughs> stretching that out, right? You're you're stretching out the the idea of toys. You're if you have everything out at the same time, the shelf life of the toys. <laughs> I guess Star Wars obviously has lasted a long time, but back then I don't. I, they wouldn't have known. But when you when you slowly when it's a slower drip of of releasing things, then you can extend that a little longer. And in this case, they just they have all these random products out. Then they say, "Oh, now you will get toys in a few months." So it just builds up the anticipation, right? And but let's 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 talk about the money. Money. Let's talk about the money, which is where it all comes from. Right. Because no one had ever done this before. No one had ever done this on such a scale. Right. George Lucas was desperate to get his movie made. Come on. What did he have to do to get it made? Well... Tell us, Frank. Yeah. Well, let's say he's... I suppose it's always been well sort of known anyway that that, 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 that he's made this... Um, so that he didn't sell all his rights to the movies. Um, sorry, I'm not really, I'm not phrasing that correctly, but like he made he made so much money on the merchandise that was sold afterwards. But it, again, it was only when I was doing a bit of di- um, digging around there that the deal that he actually made with Kenner 
wasn't really I'd say he 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 didn't really have um a great um he wasn't really let's say he didn't have a lot of um you know to actually bargain for really because he hadn't got you know um you know sorry I'm not rephrasing this properly is 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 that because he went to Kennesaw sort of late um yeah. in the day um they were basically holding up all the cards so the deal that he actually made made with them wasn't really sort of great so i think wasn't it that um out of every basically every dollar lucas films would have got two and a half cents and fox would have got two and a half cents right and kenna would have got 95 cents so if you think yeah. about it kenna got a really really sweet deal there they got a fantastic deal <laughs> yeah but, but i suppose the big company's not coming coming uh let's say taking up the deal and George wanting to get the toys, let's say, made, he he probably didn't have much of a choice, really, that he had to go with that deal. But it did work out very sweet in the end. Well, I suppose it worked out so well for everyone in the end because it, it was out, such a I success. Just George. I'm, I'm fairly sure that Harrison Ford took a cut instead of a salary. Did he? I'm, I'm, damn, sure, I'm damn sure that that's how that happened as well because... He he'd done a bit of acting. He was working as a carpenter on the set. Yeah, and he wanted him in. I'm fairly sure that Harrison Ford took like a 025 percent of merchandising rights, well, instead of a salary as well. I'm because it would have made very little difference to him. He was he was there anyway. He was getting paid. I'm sure that's true. Would it have been the 2.5 percent out of the 2.5 percent that Fox was getting? <laughs> maybe, maybe because. Maybe. <laughs> Because, like, I, yeah, but, but I'm, what is def? I mean, I'm pretty sure that the main three had a cut in the merchandising rights. I'm pretty sure that's true. Well, and George, I, I, I think, I mean, he also didn't make as much money out of the movie itself, right? Because he wanted to keep, or was this after? Because, ah, uh, I, I should have checked this beforehand. No, this, this, this was all before. This was right. To ensure that the movie even got made, right? Because he, yeah, he want he, he had, needed he had to take a cut of his salary. exactly. Okay, okay. So he he even they they tried to can the move the making of this movie. At yes, every not every step, but like, uh, what's the guy's name? Is it is it Josh Lad or John Lad? The guy at Twenty Century Fox that actually believed in George Lucas put yes. his neck on the line. Yes. So George Lucas ended up taken a cut in what he was due to be paid yes to make sure this movie got made because even when they were in tunisia they were trying to cut right they were trying to can the movie right because ilm was so behind and everything right. so essentially george lucas put his he put everything he believed in in the toys because he knew this was a movie for kids he knew this was a movie that was going to take over from cowboys and indians good guys versus bad guys in the playground and that's what i remember frank yeah. i don't know if you remember this when i was being in school is where the whole goodies versus baddies came from that's where it came from it wasn't cops versus robbers anymore it wasn't armies versus whatever it was stormtroopers versus the rebels that's what it became that's so true yeah because like you know it was quite clear in the films like who the bad guys were who the good guys were, and yeah. everyone wanted to be the good guy. Like, everyone wanted to be Han Solo or Luke Skywalker or Prince. Except Toze, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Except, well, I mean, that's that's just more 
also an older version of me being able to realize that yeah the republic wasn't all that great (laughs) 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 that the jedis you know i have my own issues with sort of you know things that are go too much on one on one side of the spectrum and the Jedi are a little bit too too good <laughs> for my taste. But they, but they literally made figures for everybody in this movie. Like, every background character you could think of. I remember getting um, the Gonk droid. Oh, did figure, you? And thinking it was the best thing that ever happened. Because it made the click. Oh, that's awesome. I've, I've got a story about every figure. You know, getting every ship. Come on, Frank, so what was your favorite ship? of that you owned not just of the range but that you owned as a plaything trev i'm so glad you asked me that <laughs> like the favorite one was the imperial troop transporter oh there we go there we go did you have one i had one and oh and like it was such a fabulous geek moment for me when i saw that in <laughs> rebels i couldn't believe it because then that's all the toys came from the films, you know, it's a like all the, your, your, your spaceships. Now, I know there were some toys that they sort of made up, but like your X-Wing, your Millennium Falcon, your Snowspeeder, were all based in the films. But this is, I think, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I think was, this is the only toy where it's the other way around, where this is a toy that came out in, I think it was 79, that wasn't in the wow. film. Wow. That wasn't in the film. And then, obviously, I, um, Dave Filoni probably had it. <laughs> he probably had one as a child. <laughs> yeah, and absolutely. Then, and then when 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 rebels was coming along, they said, "Okay, we need we need some kind of imperial troop transport." And goes, "Well, we have one already. <laughs> they made one back in the seventies. I have it. I have it here on my shelf." And then they made that then into uh, like into uh, the animation rebels. And then when it got to the live action in the Mandalorian as well, it was was absolutely amazing but it, like it was such it was such actually a great toy as you think um like it held held 10 figures while your other spaceships where well as i repeat myself snow speed or x-wing they only held one or two but this one actually yeah. held 10 figures so yeah you had your two at the front three either side and then there was kind of this a um a detention area at the back where you could fit in two figures um, unless it was a Gamaroon, uh, sorry, a Gamaroon guard, because you probably only fit one of them in there because they were too big, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was really cool. And of course, it had batteries as well. And Trevor, I don't even remember that. Um, if your toy had batteries, it was, it was, it was something else. That was a, <laughs> that was a big thing. But what would it do with the bat? Like, did, did would it would it light up or what? What did it do? Uh, like this is, like this is another thing as well. It it um. It had six buttons on the top around uh-huh. around the gun torrent, right? And and the all made See, it. I've never even handled one of uh, these. I've, uh, this is this is gold to my. Uh, it was, and the all made different noises. And um, like I was actually, I say, I purposely didn't actually look it up because I'm trying to sort of get it from memory. So there were six different yeah. noises. So. One was kind of like an engine noise, okay, right? And, okay. And uh, it was kind of like where where the noise kind of phase in and phase out, as if the uh, as if the you know the troop transporter was going by you. That yeah. was one. The other one was a uh, I suppose uh, the 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 gun turns going off, where it was like a 
a shot and then two quick shots afterwards like pew 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 yeah. <laughs> of course you have to have your pew yeah. sound in there I can't believe, I can't <laughs> that believe. makes total sense I'm 49 year old making pew pew sounds anyway <laughs> but, um, and then there was there was an R2D2 sound uh, I think there was there was another one where there was uh, there's one Sephiroth's son an Imperial Trooper uh, I can't really remember the other two now. I'm I'm gonna guess it was probably C3PO was in there as well, or or another Grand Touring. But it was I tell you for a toy and um for I can't remember the price, but I think the price range was pretty reasonable compared to the other one. So it was like that was my favorite one now. That's then, amazing. Yeah. Well, it 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 was one of a it was a precursor to the mini rigs that I'm gonna talk about later. But Frank. You may have been a bit young to care about instructions, but do you remember the instruction booklet to that particular toy? I know where I'm going with this. Uh, this is a very low to this question. to this transport. I don't, but I this particular toy. I don't, but I think I know where you're going, Trevor. I let you take it away. <laughs> so, yeah. So this particular toy within its instruction booklet had some actual fiction. No. Had an actual story. Oh. Yes, this is a thing. I, I loaded this up on my laptop before we even started. That's amazing. It, without it being in the... And it's, it's basically the story of how they hunted down the Sandcrawler in episode four. But it's, it's... Aside from the comics, it's probably the earliest prose expanded universe fiction. That's fantastic. Text. That's fantastic. All it, all it is is the guys going on and everything's covered in trademark logos and yeah. things are italicized and capitalized. But it's 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 a thing. It's it, it's an event in expanded universe history. That's that's really cool. I I didn't know. And this. like you say, just then see this thing in Rebels and Mandalorian. Well, what's crazy oh, about that? Yeah. So, I mean, so that that took decades to for us to be able to see it on on our TVs, right? So, like in a, in an actual yeah. But what you're seeing is people who played with this yeah. as a kid. People who played with this as a kid and then find themselves in Star Wars, yeah. working with Star Wars. Of course, they're gonna do this. And it's not that uncommon, right? Because now this is maybe a good time to bring up another toy from back then. That had a little bit of an interesting um, backstory, right? And we're talking about Boba Fett. Because Boba Fett had not been in the movies yet. <laughs> he is introduced nope. in the Christmas special, right? Holiday special. Holiday special, sorry. Um, yeah. But he's in, he introduced there in that cartoon. And then there's this elusive toy, right? There's this one toy for Boba Fett that is announced. Frank, what do you know about this Boba Fett toy? Yeah, so so this was this was announced before Empire Strikes Back, and I think it was yeah, um, and it was first kind of announced. I think kind of like it was a mailing sort of you, could, I don't know, subscribe to some sort of mailing list, and they and they um, to to actually get this figure. So it wasn't actually on sale anywhere yet. And the unique thing about it was that the that the rocket on the, on, on the back of uh, like his, his his rocket pack would have um, whatever you press the button and it would have fired off the um, as as happened in 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 Return of the Jedi 
it would have fired off the missile off the top of his pack. Yeah. So this was like, so um, this never actually went on sale anywhere. And there was prototypes made, and I'm sure they were, that, that they would have been sent off to different, I suppose, toy places. Um, but then they cancelled it then. And I, it seems that the reason why they cancelled it was all to do with health and safety. That it was, it was... Yeah, uh, I, the danger of having an eye out. Yes, <laughs> or, or, or even worse, like, like I, I think I was saying that there was some other toy around that time where, again, I had this missile flying out and it actually got lodged in, in a kid's, down a kid's throat, which if, oh, wow. if you think about it, it's pretty, pretty scary. Yeah, but the, I mean, that's like all toys in the 80s, though. Like, yeah, I, I remember yeah, buying yeah. toys when I was a kid. I mean, like, I remember, I think even my sister once, like, took one of my, like, micro machines and stuck it up her nose. I and mean, we had to go to, like, the doctor to get it out. So, like, kids, I mean, that's what toys were back then. I honestly think it's one of those stories where the myth has expanded into such a thing. <laughs> I think it's more likely that the prototype unreasonably practicable to make possibly rather than the health and safety implications how so i think they just figured if we do this then we're gonna lose loads of rockets and then you'll have a rocketless bob effect right. and who wants that however That's kind of how i think there are a there are a few hundred out there in the world right now they are they are out there and, and they yeah, are serious collectors are, have been able to get yeah. them um i don't i know that there are some people um make i guess they, you know, they, some of these people that make like custom toys, so you can also get that. Um, I don't know if like this. I imagine Elon Musk owns all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he could. Uh, but yeah, so there, there's a few hundred out there in the world. You can get some of these ones that like yeah, yeah, custom toy makers make. And I, but for Star Wars, I mean, that's that just this DIY type of toy making. I think that just goes with what Star Wars is because. Even when they had to make that first, just <laughs> we're kind of jumping a little bit all over the place here. But I, there's this, this other story that I really like um, from when they were pitching the whole idea or, or the toy the toy line, is that they got I think they got this uh, little action figures or this little figurines from a Fisher Price like construction set, and they carved them up and then they put like spackle on it or whatever you know and, and a putty. And then that's how they make all the first like few figures, just to show them to like you know to Fox and Lucas, and so as you know that they molded the the stormtrooper helmets and all that just by adding stuff to this construction workers. However, when they were about to leave, they realized, oh, we need some Jawas, right? And you know us being Utini, I think we have to talk about the Jawas here. Um, Utini, exactly. <laughs> Utini. Insert clip right there. <laughs> but they, so they, they cut it up and they make the little Jawa. And they were looking through the whole like um, toy factory trying to find the right little robe. And they couldn't find anything. And one of the guys, he was, he looks down and he was wearing brown socks. So he actually took his shoe off, cut his socks off, and he covered the little Jawa with his brown sock, like just a little bit of socks. And that's how they presented the toy to like Fox. It was his stinky sock <laughs> wrapped around a half construction worker. <laughs> that does not surprise me. But then which is it that's more valuable now? The vinyl 
cape jabba or a cloth cape jabba? <laughs> <laughs> Final one, isn't it? No, because this is a thing. Yes. One of them is ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Well, that, and one of them is, I'm sure it's the cloth one that's expensive. Yeah. That's what's so, crazy. So the dirty sock one is yeah. the expensive one. Well, that's what's crazy about all this, like, this first few years of toys. And, and Frank, maybe you can talk about this a little bit more. But I, what I know is that, you know, they were, before a new movie came out and then there were more characters to, to be released, right? They would, they just keep releasing the same figures over and over again. But they would sometimes have a little bit of a refresh. And this is also where big time time collectors go crazy right because you can get the look that had that was like blonde like yellow blonde and then a few years later you have the one that is a little bit more of a dirty blonde look so you have different versions of each figure so i don't i did did you have multiple looks on your end too yeah it was well i did now but yeah i say like that was very easy i'd say because like i think the first the first wave came out would have been I I think those twelve figures in the first wave, and I correct me if I'm wrong. I think the first ones that the lightsabers came out, it was kind of kind of an extended lightsaber, the ones that went into uh-huh. the arm. So you had Luke, Obi Wan Kenobi, Darth Vader. So Luke so, with a yellow lightsaber. Yeah, Luke yeah, had a yellow lightsaber. It. The first Tatooine Luke had a yellow lightsaber out through his arms. I didn't know this. Yeah, and um, I, I think then, um, and sometimes let's say um, th- there was different uh, phase, well, waves of these where sometimes, the, yeah, the color of the, uh, especially Luke's hair was kind of different. And even the Han Solo figure, I think, as well, there's different heads as well. <laughs> there's one where his head looks like it's, I don't know, too big for his body kind of thing. <laughs> it's kind of weird, uh, you know. The, so, like, yeah, there's all these things. Let's say there's all these different ones, and um, so like yeah, they be big, they be big collector items as well. But I think one of the big ones was that they had this, um, they had a cantina sort of playset, I think, and in okay. it, and in it, in it, they had they, they had four figures. So you had your oh, let me see, you have Walrus, Hammerhead, Greedo, and Snaggle, Snaggletooth. Yes. Sorry, Frank. I'm just gonna stop you there. But same as a child of the 70s, as much as I know these species' name, in my head, they are still what they refer to on the card back. So it's not an Arthurian. It's a hammerhead. It's not Pondo Baba. It's a warrior. I have to get past this every time. Very good. I didn't even read that. Sorry, I was just doing the exact same thing there. I was just reading off. Yeah, that's what they were, you know. Yeah. And I think I think the again th- this is a real sort of collector's item is the is a saga two was a normal size figure and he was in blue, and but then they actually changed it then because uh, they changed it to a smaller figure in red and that was yeah. actually based off um, that that character appeared in the holiday special, so the smaller one was actually more based off. Uh, the one that was in the holiday special rather than the one in the film, which is That's... sort of strange enough as well. We're, we're talking about Snaggletooth. That's how the card back read, isn't it? That's Snaggletooth. But the species is a Snivian, as we all know now in the Expanding Universe. And for people who aren't familiar, who may be more familiar with the comics or anything like that, Griff from the Old Republic, the Knights of the Old Republic comic series, He's a Snivian, a.k.a. 
a snag or two. So that's the alien what we're talking about here. I just needed to, you know, do my thing and point that out. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I'm I'm like I'm looking up pictures of all this stuff and I, I we should definitely and we'll share all this stuff on the on the Discord too because it's interesting to to see the yellow lightsaber, the blue one versus the red one. Um, and and even just like the the picture because the I also really really like the the old packaging right and and I I think I mean everyone appreciates that old packaging because they even uh, there's the variant covers for the comic book series. Well, that's what they're doing right now, now with the yeah with the, the new comic series. That's yeah, the trades are based on yeah that old packaging. So it's like yes, yeah, so I so I'm I'm even looking at that and it's it's all yeah, it has this snaggletooth like that, that's the the label that they put on it too. But yeah, they're both called Snaggletooth, actually. Mm. The red and the blue one. But I think as well, wasn't it, that, that the you couldn't buy the blue one. Like, the blue one was never released as a individual figure. Oh, it really? Only, so It, it only yeah. came in this um, in the container sort of playset. Interesting. But the, the red one was only released as, as, um, as, oh, a, as yeah. a figure, yeah, so... Yeah, I'm seeing the... Uh, yeah, right now I'm seeing looking at a picture of that the, those four together, yeah. The Walrus Man, Greedo... <laughs> hammerhead and snaggletooth interesting yeah we'll share all this but i want to jump sure. forward to i want to jump forward to a couple of other figures that are really prominent right now yes which is forlom and zuckus okay yes so, yes the gand and the droid bounty hunter right do you remember these figures frank uh, zuckus had the cloth I, velvet I do. I have undercoat. I have both of them. Yeah, yeah. I remember them both. Yeah. But they were mislabeled. They were because no one knew which was which. Okay. So when you bought these figures, Zuckus was labeled Forlom. Forlom was labeled Zuckus. Okay. I so you not... saw them in the Empire Strikes Back. Yep. The names were never clarified. Nobody knew which one was which, and everyone knew <laughs> in the business. But for Forlom means. For the love of money, okay. but based on their appearances, no one knew which one was the droid and which one wasn't. So they were the, the toys were mislabeled. It took until 1993 in Galaxy Guide Three, the Bounty Hunters, one of the West End Games source books, for that to actually get clarified. I mean, I don't know. I mean, no, for, that's amazing. For for alum is definitely more of a droid name than suckers but when you look at their faces alone it's hard to tell which is the droid the one that's not wearing a robe because he doesn't have to because he's a he's all metal <laughs> it's oh, pretty on. darn obvious sometimes, droid, sometimes droids wear clothes yeah when come on Look through your archives right there. Go through your like decades of like your your one thousand books and tell me the one example of when a droid normally wears clothes, not just to be disguised as something else, but that they are always wearing clothes. You may have. To. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Therefore, all I'm saying is I'm, I'm looking at the pictures right now of the mislabeled like uh, packaging. And again, I mean, if your name starts with a number, you're probably some sort of droid. All right. Now, with that in mind, I think that this is a good time to maybe just play one of our other audio files that were sent to us. I think this one is from from Wes. Let's just play that, and then we can talk about a little bit about 
Ewoks. I think that's what he sent us, right? Yo, I made it on the Star Wars archives. Uh, my first Star Wars toy wasn't actually mine. Um, it was my sister's. So she is three years older than me and born in 1981. And her toy that ended up being mine was the original Wicket stuffed teddy bear or plush animal. Um, I didn't know it was from Return of the Jedi. I didn't know it was a Star Wars toy. Um, and it wasn't, to be honest with you, it wasn't my favorite because there was a piece of like dried food or spilled milk on the back of the head that I remember that I didn't want to play with this particular toy that much, but uh, it ended up in my toy collection and I realized it was a Star Wars toy. It had to be like 20 years later. So, Wes talked about his Ewok teddy bear. I'm damn sure that that was from a cartoon and not the film. <laughs> and they released tons of toys for the Droids and Ewoks cartoons. But that leads us on to but how they repurposed some of these things. So, the Ewoks films were massive, the Ewoks cartoons were massive. They released loads of playsets, and they also repurposed some of these playsets for Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. The same same uh, caravans. It was a Ewok caravan. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. It was a, you know, this four-wheeled thing with battle nets and everything. It was the same toy... For both things, because Wait. Kenner had these things in their archives. How does that work for Robin Hood? You don't have it's... tiny little bear creatures in Robin Hood? No, but you have things with wheels made of trees and vines. Oh. It's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> of course, because you same... need some sort of car. I don't, think, I, I don't think Robin Hood had the hang gliders. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it had the battle caravan. That's amazing. I, I think even the... So, one of the very last big things that Kenner released was the Ewok Village. Uh-huh. It was like this three-pillared thing with, you know, the brain. The Ewok Village where we all celebrate at the end of yeah. Return of the Jedi. Yeah, That was one of the big places. I'm damn sure that was repurposed as a Robin Hood Prince of Thieves playset. Yes, it was. I'm looking at it right now. And, yeah, they just added I, leaves. I remember... I remember being a kid and not getting that and building it out of Lego based on pictures in a catalog. This is so funny. Like, I'm looking at this. Right, it, this is this is great. The the one difference is like yeah, the 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 Ewok village is just hollow trees because you know I guess they were you know they were uh, redwoods, so much taller trees. So they're just like cut, and there's no green. There's no greenery there. But then the Robin Hood one. They just added plastic, yeah, green on top. So that's the only difference. Uh, oh, and the color, they, they colored it a little differently too. But it's the same toy. And I'm looking at, yeah, the Ewok battle wagon. And then you have yep. the Robin Hood battle wagon. Because you know that they same, had a battle wagon in toy. Robin Hood, right? That with a cannon that shot out boulders. <laughs> what did that happen in the movie? But it's, it's, it's the same toy. That's incredible. And... Would it be correct to say the Flyer Tuck was based on a certain character as well? <gasps> it was! That was just click on that right now. That's amazing. It's a... Oh, my. They, they changed the head <laughs> well, but, they and did. the color. <laughs> but, I'm, I'm oh, lost. my God. Which character? Which character? It's a, it's a Gamorrean. 
Shut up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my Sorry. God. Gamorian. Gamorian, yeah. So, it is amazing. <laughs> oh. Oh, like- not... Now I found a whole website just full of the repurposed like toys. So there's even, uh, yeah, there's it's the Star Wars Robin Hood spinoff. You oh. never needed. There's yeah, the Battle Wagon slash Sherwood Forest playset. <laughs> there's the, <laughs> uh, there's yeah, the Robin Hood Battle Wagon. Yeah, so that one, Friar Tuck, <laughs> and there's even a Batman Sonic Neutralizer. That is also a Star Wars product. So, hey, wait, what now? Yeah, there's a Batman thing. Oh, and wait, there's a Butch the Sundance right? kid that's also a Luke Skywalker. What? To explain? <laughs> well, supposedly it's a. We're I mean, doing this live on air. Yeah, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there's a. It's. It was. A, it's. A, so there is. Okay, I'm gonna read this. Um, <laughs> there is a Sun, there is a Sundance Kid figure issued as part both of the Butch and Sundance Kid and Real West product lines, and they have a striking resemblance to the noggins of both original and Bespin Luke Skywalker figures issued in 1977 and 1980, respectively. So they just have a little bit of a, you know, that one has a, a cowboy hat, but it's the same sort of mold for the head. They just like colored it differently, so. It's, uh, that's a stretch. That's pretty. Uh, <laughs> looking at the pictures, yeah. I mean, of course they're gonna reuse like molds for heads and stuff if they can, right? They're not gonna like that would make sense, but it's not. It's not as simple as just changing the box like they did for Ewok Battle Wagon and <laughs> <laughs> and the Forest playset because that is this. That's or or the prior tuck action figure that one's actually really <laughs> funny i will i will send you these pictures it's, it's pretty yeah, that incredible bad. that's great um <laughs> <laughs> well trev do you have anything else uh, about um ewoks that you want to talk about I, I i do have one last thing last thing to say all right so i owned the rankle you know the rankle thing it was massive when you're a kid that thing was massive i also owned Wicket, the Ewok, he was very small. My rancor at my Ewok. As a kid, I managed to force that thing down his throat. And it was a very, very weird moment. I I felt lost. I had no Wicket anymore, but my rancor had eaten him. (laughs) That's all I have to say on the subject. (laughs) Uh, All right. Uh, when you shook the rancor, could you still hear the wicked inside? Wicked inside. Yes, I, I could never get him out. I could never get him out. Well, you could have always cut him open. <laughs> oh, the look of horror on Trevor's face there. They killed him. Luke kills a rancor. He cuts his head off, right? Or <laughs> so. It's it's a hard plastic toy. <laughs> How do you cut that open? With a hard plastic knife. <laughs> Obviously. Or melt its head off. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, Frank, uh, why don't we take one last trip down memory lane since uh, this is Hall has a lot of this has been us reminiscing about some toys and, and, uh, and, and also giving a little bit of history along the way. But, Frank, what's... Any other stories from your childhood or any other toys that you can so, uh, remember 
um, from the Star Wars line that you want to like tell yeah, us about? Um, now this is actually a a non Star Wars toy, but there was okay. I I I I always have this uh, memory of a kid of the Death Star playset, but I I never actually seen it like um on the shelf. Or I didn't know anyone who had it, and it was basically it was basically in a kind of like a, a package in a flat box, just like like a, a Monopoly box. Yeah. But when you open up, you saw built your playset. Like it was all this um made up of cardboard of like the floors and the walls, and you kind of made this three D playset, and it was two floors. Yeah, and there was about, I think, ten or twelve little compartments in it, you know, of all the different places in the Death Star, and I remember seeing a picture of this and thinking, my God, this is just the coolest thing ever. But in the in the I think it was in the early eighties, this uh, range of toys came out called um, Action Force. I think it was. They're basically like your your miniature GI Joes or Action Man figures. They were the exact same size as your Star Wars figures. They were three and three quarters. Yeah. Which is really, really cool because that means all the vehicles that came with that, your Star Wars figures, uh, fit in them. But they actually had this Action Force um, command, or God, I can't think of the name of it, sort of playset, which reminded me of the picture I saw of the Death Star. Yeah. Again, it was like it was, it was flat packed in this, uh, um, and, and you sort of build up yourself into, into this 3D set, which I thought, oh, it was amazing. I remember getting it, wasn't it? Wasn't a kid. And um, yeah, thinking it's like this is this is the coolest thing ever. That's really and, yeah, that's cool. And it was it was only today when I was actually doing a bit of doing a bit of research, and I found on the Star Wars website, I actually found a picture of the Death Star um, playset, and I went down. I was reading through it, and it actually had in the last paragraph of it saying that later on, uh, the uh, mentioned the Action Force. Um, uh, toy line released their own version of it and it was based on the Death Star playset and that was this that was such like a well moment just for me just there because like my god like to, to sort of think as a kid that was one of the reasons why I got it because it reminded me of the playset not knowing at the time it was actually based on it which I thought was, <laughs> which I thought was absolutely amazing I, I get, and it's kind of it's kind of one of these endearing sort of moments that keeps happening to me all like it keeps happening to me with Star Wars is that something like whether it's a an, a book comes out or you walk into a toy shop and you just see something and it kind of it kind of just brings you back to this magically as if you're just stepping into this time machine this magical time machine that just brings you back to your childhood just for that brief moment there yeah. and you just sort of you, you like it's as if you're back there just for that moment there, um, you know, with the toys, with the whole childlike wonderment of the whole sort of franchise, and that, that's that, that's that's one thing that is, which I'll, I know I always love Star Wars for the same reason, until the day I die, because I feel it will never change. And that was just that, just one moment, just doing that research there with the top fabulous. Yeah, no, that's that's really that's a really cool moment, and I mean it's funny that you you guys, I mean one of the uh, what you just said, Frank, you said it's that childlike wonder, and I do remember you know when we were asking our community last year, just you know what are what is it about Star Wars that you love, and that was one thing that came like up over and over again amongst our our uh, like listeners is that watching star wars like you you have that it's 
brings up that childlike wonder. So like even as an adult, even if you're in your 40s or you know whatever, like you can you still feel like a kid when you watch any of the new movies, any of the new like you know cartoons, TV shows, and whatnot. It just takes you back to when you were a kid and you just wanted that one toy, you wanted that one action figure. You you know so it's it's this one thing about the series that somehow is able to always like recapture that that magic that uh and and take you back so i think i mean this episode has definitely like sent us back quite a bit too (laughs) uh and just like live in that moment for a little longer and i you know really appreciate all your stories here for um that you shared with us frank and and trev as well I didn't have much because I didn't have toys or Star Wars or that I can remember right now. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully my little bit of uh, of facts here and there entertained you guys for a little bit. Um, but we've, we're at about an hour more, maybe a little bit over. So let's just ramp things down and let's just talk about what we have coming up next. Trev, what, uh, what are some of our next few episodes or what, or what are we talking about next time? So we're going to do an episode on Lobot and Lando. Yes. Um, there's a lot legends canon that we could delve into there. So we're going to do it all, all of the above. Lobot and Lando. So we got the two L's <laughs> in there. We should. All, I mean, if we only keep it on legends, we you, can. It's you very... say it much better than me. Well, yeah, I, you know, I'm just thinking about how we always title our our, our episodes with like the same letter and Lobot Lando. Legends, uh, L three, yeah. So, what do you think about that, uh, Frank? Are you? That sounds great. I cannot <laughs> wait to tune into that one. Yeah. All right. Well, that will be it for today's episode. We will provide links and pictures of all these toys. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've been just keeping all the tabs open <laughs> of, of all the research I was doing as we're recording. Uh, there's a lot to share, so we will post that up on our discord if you have not joined the community head on over to utini.com discord and click the join now button on that's right on that page because yeah i mean all three of us you know do show up in there and we'll talk about today's episode we talk about past episodes we talk about bad batch any of the new books um, but it's all in there so definitely join the community and just join the conversation also, uh, we want to remind you all that we are available in all your podcast apps. So go ahead and give us five stars and recommend us to all your friends. And if you can't wait until the next episode, go to Utini's Patreon. That will be patreon.com slash Utini. And you can sign up and get our episodes three months in advance in addition to a whole bunch of other Utini exclusive podcasts. Um, some good stuff. I yeah, just want to find that out. There's some good stuff there's, going on over Patreon. Yeah, there's some there's some good shows. I think you know we we do a good job at Utini. Lo- lots of good shows. Yeah, yeah, probably a handful in one there. One or two, one or two. Yeah, yeah. one or two other ones. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any other questions and comments or suggestions, definitely you know Discord is a great place to go. Or you can look me up on Twitter. Um, I am at the Joxy. That is T H E J O. X-I-I-I. Frank, are you on Twitter or where can people find you? No. <laughs> Discord would be the best no, place. I'm old school. Uh, yeah, you can send us uh, a self-addressed envelope to uh, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hi, Mo, let's go. Yeah. Uh, uh, send send him a postcard. <laughs> <laughs> go 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 to the W-1-A. Discord. We'll be... <laughs> Uh, you can catch me on Discord. Yeah, I, I'm not a I'm not a big user, but yeah, I'm on Discord on the front solo. So yeah, <laughs> that's right. All right. Well, thank you, Trev, for joining us today. Frank, special thanks to our special guest. You were fantastic. Really appreciate. I mean, the topic was uh, definitely a little bit of a of a you know curveball to us, but I think we had fun. Um, definitely, it was cool to I talk think about so. it. <laughs> No, it was really cool, and and thank you for spending the hour with us, and uh, thank you all to our listeners for supporting us and making this show possible, and uh, yeah, that's all we have for today, so with that, I will say radio out. There is no hatred, there is joy, there is no division, there is union, there is no apathy, there is passion, there is no gatekeeping, there is community. This is the Utini Star Wars fan code. Embrace it, live by it, and above all, trust in the living force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the Force be with you.